Hey, this is Dante Stack, producer of Solve the World. This week, the last week of October 2015, until next week's episode, next Tuesday, November 3rd, I'd like to run a little competition. So I'm going to give away two Amazon gift cards. Just $5 each. Sorry, I'm kind of poor. But it's $5. You can always do something with $5 on Amazon. And here's the offer in short. All you got to do is write a review. Just write the review on iTunes. Can be good, can be bad. You can say, I hate Dante and everything he's ever produced and his mind is stupid. And you're entered to win. All you have to do is write that review and you'll be entered to win. And I'll randomly put your name in a raffle to win this $5 Amazon gift card. But I also want to give an Amazon gift card to whoever writes the best review. It can be funny. It can be exhaustive. Just impress me. And so I will handpick that winner. So you've got one week to do this. I will announce the winners at the end of next week's episode. If you're not a resident of the U.S., you can still win. But you'll have to do another step because I won't be able to see your review on my iTunes because there's different iTunes platforms for different countries. So if you're living in the Philippines or something, please take a screenshot of your review on iTunes and send that to me at dantestack at gmail.com. My email, d-a-n-t-e-s-t-a-c-k at gmail.com. Send that email to me and I'll make sure you're entered to win. I hope you guys enjoyed today's program. Solve the World, a fictional adventure told in 100 episodes. Episode 39, Where You Need to Go. What do you do? You're underground in the pitch black. You've got a little boy with you. You don't speak his language. He's curled up in a ball hyperventilating, and you don't blame him. You've got a bodyguard whose pain tolerance appears to be dropping by the moment. His kneecap was just busted into pieces by a behemoth-sized witch. A witch who, after her wand was stolen, lost her head. Literally. And then evaporated into a momentary smoke. The cops will no doubt be looking for you now. All the commotion in the hotel, Liechtenstein had already been on full watch in motels and hotels because of the recent death and disappearances. They'll go crazy now, probably lock down every hotel, every room in the entire micronation. All because of you and your cargo, little hysterical Robin, who is the lost boy on everyone's list. Topping it all off, whatever it is that's under your cast, burns. Badly. 
It feels like there's a hot coal just under the cast, smoldering a hole through your skin, veins, blood, and bones. You were told by the secret hospital not to get the cast wet, but everything in this sewer is wet. The cast had gotten numerous splashes on it when you chased Robin the other day, back when you had night vision goggles. Maybe the water had soaked in. Maybe your new hand is ruined. Or maybe it's rotting. Maybe it's rotting. Maybe it's rotting. up bodyguard, the hysterical boy, and the pitch black all around you, you're unable to go anywhere. You're pretty much trapped. What do you do? Jennifer, what do you do? Help. Help. Help! What are you doing? Why are you calling for help? To no one. To nothing in the black underground of Europe. You're not sure, but you keep doing it. Help, 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 help. Help, please. I can help. Jennifer knew that voice. It directed her earlier in the evening. Jen's blood ran cold as she tried to convince herself of her own ignorance. Who's there? Jen... No. Ludwig managed to protest, his attention momentarily taken away from the stifling pain spiraling up out of his knee. Who are you? Tell me your name. I can help you. A regular person would answer Jen's question. People like to say their own name. There was no doubting it now. No doubting who was offering help. I don't, I don't want your help. Go away. I can't. I'll be caught. I'll... I'll kill you if you come any closer. These were the scariest words that had ever come out of Jen's mouth. Who had she become? I'll kill you if? That wasn't Jennifer Dash. That's not who she wanted to be. That's not who she was. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was the thing under the cast speaking. Maybe it was the rotting. I'm already dead. I can help you. The voice was getting closer. If you're Jennifer, what do you do? The boy's ours! Jen yelled, assuming the leprechaun, that's what he was, right? Wanted to get his witchy long fingers on Robin's neck. You can't have him! I don't want him! I can help! Ludwig wasn't doing so well. He had to get to a hospital. I can heal him! Jen, no! Grunted Ludwig. No, you can't, Jen said passively, confidently, as if to dare the little red-haired man. It won't take long. How? I know how. How do you know how? Jen pressed. I need to get somewhere. You can take me. I'm not taking you anywhere. Trade. I fix your man, you take me. Where do you want to go? Now, you make deal. I heal him. Then you take me. Deal. I'm not making the deal in the dark just like that. I need more. I stay with you. No, you don't. I stay. The leprechaun's logic was simple, but solid. He had all the cards now. If this were a chess game, Jen didn't have many moves to play.
She could risk taking Ludwig to a hospital, risk getting taken in by the police. Even if Robin stays in the sewer, she'd have to answer too many questions if authorities suspected her. What if they made her take a lie detector test? Jen had an abnormal fear of lie detector tests. Jen didn't see a way out of this thing. And didn't see a way to get rid of this stupid little man if he belligerently chose to hang around them. Here's a good one. A lost boy, a broken kneecapped bodyguard, a girl trying to solve the world, and a leprechaun walk into a bar. Was this really going to be Jen's posse? Her new outfit? Her newest clique? It appeared so. I need more. How can I trust you? You and your witch just tried to kill us. No, not kill. Tether the boy's identity. Ah, okay. Tether the what now? Don't listen. Nothing good. Ludwig passed out from pain in the middle of his chortling warning. I tell you what you want. No. Good, yes. Tell me. Deal. We make a deal. No. You tell me first. Deal. Then I say I tell you mysteries. Why do you need help getting to this place, wherever it is? You take me. I know be captured. Captured by whom? Anyone. Right, right. I forgot everyone's out hunting for leprechauns these days. Jen was being so sassy. Where did all the sass come from? Was it a product of pretending to have more cards, more moves on the table than she actually did? Or was it something else? Perhaps the hand under the cast. Perhaps the rotting. The little guy was silent in response to Jen's snark. A moment then passed, each side unwilling to make the next move. Jen's mind replayed the scene in the hotel. Perhaps she could figure out what was really going on. You took out a jar when Robin choked. You took out a jar. Why? To catch it. To catch what? No choice. I was imprisoned. When you got the one, I get free. I didn't want to do it. You were laughing when you were doing it. No, not laughing. I had to do it. I don't believe you. In the dark, Robin crawled up to Jen. He found her, curled up in her lap, and hung on to her, his body shaking. But, now in her arms, his breathing was more controlled. Jen stroked Robin's hair to calm him as she continued to interrogate the leprechaun in the darkness. Where do you want to go? Tuatate! Take me to Tuatate! What's that? Where's that? Jen would soon come to find that the leprechaun's shout of Tuatha De refers to an ancient burial ground in Ireland, a mere 30 minutes outside of Dublin, not far. It's known today as New Grange. The burial tomb site looks like a giant mound. It's believed that the locals built it somewhere around 3,200 BCE. 200,000 tons of loose stone were assembled to construct the underground passageways and recesses that make up the mystic building. 
Like so many other ancient sites, during the winter solstice every year, the light of the sun illuminates the passageway in a manner that is only seen on that one specific day each year. The sun illuminates the tomb at the center of the mound. This creation, built in an era when there was not even a written language yet in Ireland, predates Stonehenge by a thousand years, the pyramids by 700. It is a mystery too few of us know about or embrace. Take me to Okay, okay, good, Jen said. That sounds like a place. We can go there. We, we can go there. If you fix Ludwig and, and answer every question I ask. This deal, 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 this deal, this deal is good deal. There was scurrying in the dark. Jen couldn't see anything. In later days, she'd recreate the scene in her mind, imagine what it must have looked like. In time, she'd even come to believe that she did see it, just because she envisioned it so many times as to confuse her imagination of the event with the actual pitch-black memory of it. You see, the leprechaun healed Ludwig. There was almost no sound to it. Just a few scurrying little noises. Then, just like that... Finished! He's better. Now, we go. Ludwig? Ludwig, are you okay? Yes. Are you okay? I... I think so. Is the pain gone? Yes. Can you walk? Yes, yes, I gone. What happened? He fixed you. I can't believe it, he fixed you. Jen didn't have to say who. Ludwig knew. The little monster was Ludwig's healer. Now, we go. Where are we going? said Ludwig. It took a while to come up with a plan. But after a while, a plan they took. The four of them, Ludwig, Jen, Robin, and the Leprechaun, would hike up the sewers until they got out of Liechtenstein. Once they were confident they were in Switzerland, Jen alone would go above ground. She'd use her black credit card to book a personal plane to Dublin. Jen worried about the details, worried that people would ask too many questions worried that she wouldn't be able to find a private jet. But everything went off without a hitch. Far easier than Jennifer Dash could ever have imagined. Money, or specifically in this instance, a limitless credit card, cures a litany of ales. Before they boarded the private jet, Ludwig strapped Robin to his chest and then wore many, many layers of clothing so as to seem like just a large and in charge fat fella. The leprechaun was smaller and thus much easier to deal with. He fit into a carry-on bag. There was no flight attendant, and thankfully there was a large door separating the pilot, and presumably a co-pilot, though Jen could never confirm this, from the passengers. Once high above the earth, the inquisition of the leprechaun began.
I've lived up to my side of the bargain. I'm taking you to the druids. You've made good on half of your deal. Ludwig's not complaining. Now's the time to live up to the other half of the deal. Answer my questions. For starters, why are we going to Ireland? Why are we going to some druid place? Catching up with your old pot of gold? I'm not a leprechaun. No? Then what are you exactly? I was a boy once, just like him. The long, twisty fingers of the little man stretched out towards Robin. I don't believe you, Gent said. Why are we going to Ireland? I live there. I once lived there. Because you're a leprechaun. That's where leprechauns come from. No, please. I'm... I was... I was human. And you're not now? What are you? I once lived. Don't remember well anymore. It's, It's very long time ago. How long ago? How old are you? Don't know. How do you not know? Time isn't the same on this side. On this side? On the side of what? Suddenly, Jen thought of the book Croatoan. Did it describe creatures like this urkety leprechaun sitting in front of her? I say sitting, but the leprechaun couldn't really sit still at all. He bobbed his scrawny legs like a kid hopped up on sugar and caffeine. He twitched. He constantly creaked his back as if to pop a bone back into socket. He was a wiry thing, and he wired all about all day long. I'm dead. Eh, what? That's the side I'm on. Jen, don't talk to him. Jen turned towards her adventurer buddy. How can you say that? Your kneecap, it was shattered. He healed you, Ludwig. This creature is magic. Aren't you even a little curious? Don't you want to know how he did that? How he healed you? By what power he healed you? No, I don't want to know. Why not? He does what he does, either by the powers of goodness or the powers of darkness. I don't think the good guys tried to strangle children. I didn't want to. The leprechaun protested. Just because you healed me doesn't mean I like you. The leprechaun jerked back in his seat, reacting as if Ludwig's words physically slapped the little guy in the face. I'm sorry. Don't worry about him. Remember, we have a deal. You have to answer my questions. I know. I told you. Told me what? I'm dead. What do you mean by that? (sighs) When I lived in a community... There was a boy. He's sick. Sick boy. I didn't like the boy. He was the son of a great man. Because of his father, he was going to grow big. Be a great man, too. He a great man, boy. I wanted to be the great man. But my, but my father, he was not big. He was normal. When the boy was sick, I 
I wished, I prayed, you would die. I wished every day, every day, every day, and he did. He died. But it happened to me too. What happened to you too? I get sick the same way the other boy did. What was the boy's name? Don't remember. How long ago was this? Don't, don't remember. Let's go simpler. What's your name? Mm -mm. I lost my name long time ago. How do you lose your name exactly? I died. Sickness get me. I float. I float up. Out of body. Out of my body. I float into sky. Up and up. Like, uh, out-of-body experience. Your soul. Your soul floated out. Just me. Nah. No, nah, so me. Me, my identity. Identity. I think that's pretty much what they call a soul. No. Nah, soul's different. I know soul is different. Okay, then I guess I don't understand. What exactly happened? He caught me. He caught me! Who? The Shining Man. Jen's mind flashed. The mural. The children from every tribe, every tongue, following the song of the piper. It had to be him. Who is he? He's great! I hate him. Why do you hate him? He gives me option. He eats me. Or I've become his. I come back to work for him. How could he eat you? You were dead. Ludwig asked, clearly interested now in the conversation at hand. He eats identity. That's what makes him great. He eats and he eats. So he's a fat man, Jen joked. No, he is great man because he is legion. Legion? Jen asked. The little fella kept squirming as if he wished to wiggle out of his own skin. So, let's change it up. Why are we going to the druids? They have secret. What secret? Secret how to die again. Huh? I want be free. I want to be free. I want to be free. I no want to be eaten. You have to die twice to be free? Freedom is no being a slave. They say droids know how to kill identity. I want that. I want them to kill me so that the Shining Man can't eat me. The realization of what this sad little thing wanted slowly washed over Jen. This creature, what he truly wanted, wasn't money, wasn't fortune, wasn't even food or shelter. He wanted nothing, literally. He wanted to become nothing. Jen said solemnly, Leprechaun, when I die, will the Shining Man eat me? He shook his head vigorously. No, I'm 
not leprechaun. No, I'm not leprechaun. I refuse. Okay, okay, it's okay. Just answer me. When I die, will the shining man eat me? No, I don't. I don't know. The little thing confessed. What do you know? Ludwig added. He, 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 he makes identity catchers. Some catch you when you're alive. Some catch you when you die. I was caught. I wished. I was caught because I wish. I wish. I wish. I pray for my friend to die. I did it. I tethered myself to him. But I didn't know. I didn't know. It's no fair. It's no fair. It's no fair. I want to be free. Robin, the lost boy, unable to understand English, still managed to be quite unsettled by the shouts of the leprechaun. Jen once again changed tactics. Why do you look like a leprechaun? The shining man. Some say he's a woman. Okay, he or she made you look like a leprechaun. Because I from Ireland, Ireland. He made me look like this. When you work for him, you have to be an identity. The little guy pulled out the glass mason jar from seemingly nowhere underneath his sackcloth clothes. Miss, he held out the jar. Ludwig grabbed it, examined it. It's just a regular jar, Ludwig said. In this dimension, the little critter responded. Why couldn't you go to Ireland yourself? Why do you need us? Jen redirected the conversation to more practical matters. I get trapped. I get trapped. So easy. That's how she got me. Who? Golden Bruce. Who was she? Just like me, but different. Jen threw up her arms. I don't understand. You. Can't understand. Jen continued to question the nameless thing, but his answers became increasingly incoherent. It's not worth our time to examine the contents of the thing's words. Useless and pointless, actually. Jen kept pushing and pushing, asking question after question, searching for a rhythm. Some sort of sense to it all. She figured that if only she asked the right question, then everything would fall into place. She made a thousand inquiries into who this shining man was. Jen was convinced, beyond any doubt, that this had to be Pied Piper. He was the monster under every bed, the vision beyond every dream. He was her nemesis. Jen knew it. She could feel it. It was the only thing that made sense, that even in her running, even in her following the lost boy to Liechtenstein, she'd fall back into the Piper's snare. He was everywhere. He was in everything. He was the cook behind every death. He was the author behind every mystical fantasy. While Jen plugged away at her leprechaun inquisition, Ludwig spoke to Robin, explaining all that he had learned to the young lad. Robin took it all in with a solemn pride. The young boy, though easily aggravated, was wise beyond his years. When the jet landed down in Dublin, 
everyone was exhausted. Thankfully, now out of Liechtenstein and mainland Europe, the group felt confident that Robin was safe. No regular passerby in the street would suspect him. Of course, the leprechaun was another story. He smashed himself back into the luggage. Before any further adventures, the crew needed to rest up. They booked themselves into a Dublin hostel and slept for a long time. Jen dreamed her altogether lovely nightly dream. The dream that Miles Faugh and Father Thomas gave her. That is, she dreamed until Ludwig awoke her. Robin has something he needs you to hear. Robin was sleeping on a bottom bunk. Ludwig had chosen the top bunk. Now Ludwig sat at the foot of the bed while Jen got on her knees. She leaned over towards the boy that was still cowering under his covers. Hey there, what's up? Jen asked. Ludwig translated. The boy responded. He says that he had a vision. Okay, it's okay. We all have bad dreams. He says a man came to him in his dream, told him that it was important. Ludwig paused, thinking about his choice of words. Imperative that you join the druids. So a man came to Robin in his dreams. The Piper? Was it the Piper? Jen cleared her throat. Who was the man, Robin? Ludwig spoke. Robin responded. Jen tried to listen for the word Piper. Didn't hear it. Then Ludwig translated. He said he was a nice man. A light clicked in Jen's mind. Was he the shining man, Robin? Ludwig translated, and the boy shook his head. Was he playing an instrument? A flute? A fiddle? He says there was no music. No instrument, but the man was very nice, and he said that you have to go join the druid group, Jennifer. Okay, okay, what else, sweetie? Jen said to try to keep herself as much as Robin calm and comfortable in this moment. Nothing. Nothing else. Jen slowly went back to sleep. In the morning, she got help from the receptionist to rent a car. Once in that car, Ludwig drove, Jen sat in the back with Robin, and in the passenger side, the little sad leprechaun sat and squirmed. They arrived at a commune a few kilometers outside the New Grange Mound. The scene was full of a large building that looked quite like a summer camp retreat. It looked long and very windowy. Jen admitted to herself, it looked comfy, like a beautiful retreat center to stay at. There were rolling green hills and patches of trees just beside the building, as well as several what looked to be teepees, like the Native American variety. There was a parking lot in front of the resort, but it was empty minus one dirty truck and a black SUV. This is it! Everyone unbuckled, but before they got out of the car, Two people, a man and woman, both probably in their mid-thirties, beat on the front windshield. Hey, the woman said, you need to come with us. Ludwig got out and looked ready to slam his fists into the man's face. Both the man and woman wore black suits with black shirts and black ties. They immediately reminded Jen of the security at Magical Kingdom. Jennifer Dash instinctively feared them. 
But from the resort, Jen eyed the front door opening. Several monk-like elders stepped out slowly, making their way to them. There looked to be four or five, all in long brown robes. As they stepped outside into daylight, they pulled hoods over their heads, despite the fact that it was quite cloudy out. The leprechaun wheezed, <laughs> and at once pranced toward the hooded ones. When he got to them, immediately two of them outstretched welcoming hands. They were accepting him, as if they were anticipating him, anticipating his arrival. Don't go in there. Stay away, the woman in black said to Ludwig. We do what we want to do, Ludwig said stoically. Two monks were still headed towards their vehicle. As Ludwig began to step out towards the resort, the man in black put his hand on Ludwig's chest, then immediately removed it, realizing the folly in his ways, feeling how ripped the big Lichtensteinian was. Please, you have a child, the man in black said as he looked at Robin. This place is not safe for anyone, especially children. Jen thought it odd that these two well-dressed provocateurs had American accents. Ludwig looked to Jen, then to Robin. He hesitated, and the group stood there, an unnatural standoff. The two apparent druids, Jen guessed, reached the car. They were both old men, both bald. They smiled at Jen and company. We'd like to see your facility, Ludwig nodded at Jen. She might want to join. That would be a terrible mistake, the woman said. The older looking of the two robed men smiled at Ludwig and said, We call this couple the Controllers. They're on something of a campaign to stop our work, but they won't hurt you and they won't stop you. The two robed men took a couple steps back. Since today they've gotten the jump on you, you must go through them before you come to us. The man turned attention to the man in black. Seventy-two hours. If they still want in after that, you let them. Yes? Of course. Same as it always is. Good. Good. The two robed men turned and walked back to the resort. Would you please come with us, the woman in black said, motioning towards their black SUV. What about the... Jen stumbled, not knowing what to call the leprechaun. What about our little one? The woman in black shrugged. We are where you need to go. The leprechaun was already gone, with the druids, out of sight. Solve the World is produced by me, Dante Stack. Full attribution is given to music and sound effects on our show notes page at DanteStack.com. If you like the show, share it. Share it, share it, share it. I say again, share it with others. Help us grow in strength and quantity of people. If we get more people, I can get advertisers. If I get advertisers, I can keep the show going. I need your help. I really do. You, you not anyone else. I need you. Help me help you. Help me help you. Please, guys. For the next three days, Jen, Ludwig, and Robin will submit themselves to the, quote, controllers. These people will do their best to convince Jen that she doesn't need to join the druidry. They'll throw every psychological trick at her that they know. If Jen and company can withstand the mental onslaught, in three days they'll be given access to the Druid community. But is it worth it? 
Find out the mental cost next time on Solve the World.